Welcome to Machine Learning with David Nishimoto. Um, so I've started uh, looking at convolution neural nets. I know I've talked about it uh, in the past, but I, I've uh, started to set it up. And uh, what uh, the way you set up a convolution neural net is, first of all, look at your image dimensions. So you have to know the number of pixels, uh, width and height, and the uh, number of channels. So if you're a grayscale, the number of channels will be one. If you're RGB, the channels will be three. And then, um, so that'll be your input shape. And uh, what you have is um, a convolution neural net has a kernel and uh, and then you have a number of pixels and then around uh, and so what it's doing is it uh, is taking a group of pixels uh, let's say you're you're looking at uh, a 9 by 9 matrix so you, you can you can divide your um, you can divide your image up 9 by 9 pixels at a time or yeah 9 by 9 pixels at a time and then your kernel can be like a uh, two by two, two matrix or four items. And so for each, uh, each pixel uh, in the kernel, it would then map to the nine by nine matrix. And so you'd go from the left uh, top to the right top to the right bottom to the left bottom. So you're going around in this uh, clockwise manner on the kernel and uh, it map is mapping to your pixels, and so um, that's a so fairly simple. So what you, when you set up your convolution neural net, you you would uh, then set up your input shape, which would be your width and height, and uh, and then you would uh, um, uh, then set up your kernel, and your kernel would be three. So you'd have a three by three matrix, and uh, it. Um, and then it would divide, say if you had 20, 28 uh, pixels, then um, it would divide it, uh, let's see, roughly about nine, nine pixels at, at a time. Um, so uh, anyway, that, that, that's the uh, convolution side of it. Um, and so what they do is when you sh show you the model, they have the kernel, which is the um, the summation of those pixels being projected down onto your image, and uh, and then it just uh, moves over. So what it's doing is taking advantage of like pixels. So you have a lot of like pixels at the boundaries of your image, and. Uh, and then you also want to uh, be able to zero pad around the whole image. And then your next layer will be your dense layer. And then your final layer will be your output layer. And you use a softmax, so you'll have uh, each one of the outputs will be a category. So that'll be a label. And um, so the, here's the general idea. You take a, a list of pictures and then you map those to... A list of labels and then you train your neural net uh, you turn your convolution net in this case uh, using dense layer and uh, the convolution 2d um, 
and it trains to the image to the outputs labels and so then when you show uh, an object um, or an image to the convolution net it should recognize it to a label so those are it's pretty simple really and uh, it does a lot of, of work for you uh, then the next thing to do is use ResNet. Now, ResNet 50 sounds really good. It says it was trained on a million images and uh, it, uh, uh, and so it could classify up to a thousand different uh, um, objects. And when I had three apples, I had three apples and I showed it and I had it trained on the on that uh, convolution net, on the ResNet, and uh, and then uh, looked to see what the, the ResNet returned back as a label. So you it encode the image, upload it, and then you decode the labels that are coming back, and you tell it how many labels you want it to return back to you, and uh, it'll give you the probability of what it thinks the top three labels are, and first one it thought it was was a lemon the second one it thought it was a granny smith which i think it was a granny smith apple i'm not too familiar with apples but i'm gonna say that it probably was a granny smith i don't know if they were del uh, golden delicious but anyway there are three different colored apples and then the third one uh, uh, uh it, it, i didn't you know it wasn't close so um I could see the lemon because it was a. There were three different colors of apples. There was a yellow, there was a red, and then there was a green apple. And uh, at first, in my mind, I kept thinking that it should return back to me three objects. It should have returned back to me that there was a yellow apple, there was a red apple and its type, and a and a green apple and its type. But it doesn't do multiple outputs. It it just does a single output and uh, tells you the uh, uh, what it, what it thinks it is. So the next part, which is using uh, deep learning, that'll be something I I explore today, is uh, to take a an image or set of images and train it through the deep uh, learning network. And then I wanted to do multiple output, I mean, multiple label output. And uh, so where that would become valuable is like if you had an image that had multiple objects within it. So we, let's say you had an apple, an orange, and a banana. It should cor correctly uh, identify each one of the objects as a separate label. So I should see probability of the banana probability of an apple probability of an orange and uh, perhaps uh, get it to bound and one of the popular uh, object recognition libraries that's out there is OpenCV and uh, that can uh, I believe it's written in C++ so you can run that and you write your code um, but there's probably a, another library I know that uh, can do multiple label and bounded box and that's that's the goal for today because I would like to see that output then I can feed it a list of images with labels and um, then it should correctly once it starts to learn the different objects 
then it should be able to output multiple labels. So like say you have two people in a picture, it should be able to correctly bound the box to each individual and give a name. And where that could be useful is um, in the data feed. So now we're live streaming multiple frames to the network and the network is uh, recognizing converting it, encoding it to RGB arrays, and then passing it to the model, and then the model uh, is outputting multiple lab labels. And those multiple labels then are displaying, uh, and it should also then be able to provide a feedback or a callback um, that um, has the uh, bounded box information. So it would then, you could uh, print a vectored uh, line that shows the object that it's recognizing. And uh, you know what would be fun is to is eventually I think with this deep learning nets uh, look at the, to see what the Spike machine is doing now. Uh, it's been quite a few years since Spike has been introduced. It had uh, I believe it was a million neurons on it at the time, but it was all in hardware, it wasn't in software. And uh, so it was very fast. And it would be interesting to see what Spike is capable of today. So I'd let, and uh, with image recognition. So, it, it, you know, you look at the phones and they have now facial recognition as part of the, you know, the security system. Um, you, you could have, uh, you could have the phone relaying information to you as it's seeing objects. So it's running, it should be running continuously um, in your environment and gathering information, recognizing what those objects are and seeing if there's anything relevant to those objects that might be of interest to you. And so, you know, if you take a quick glance down at your device, um, you might, uh, you know, for like, say if it was running for a police officer, it might be running uh, license plates, looking for expired license plates, uh, expired registration. Um, maybe you could even have it running and detect uh, if a person who's in your in uh, walking down the street, you know, it could tell you if that person has a criminal record or something. You know, maybe that might be something that uh, would give you a forewarning to be careful uh, about that individual. And, uh, you know, they have criminal databases where they have pictures of, the, the, of different people who committed different crimes. And so you can go search that in your neighborhood and, and see if, if uh, uh, who those individuals are and where they live. And, um, but uh, this one would provide real-time information feedback through uh, image recognition. And... You know, it's on social media. That's where a lot of this uh, has become really popular, where it's recognizing uh, lots of different uh, people's faces in images, and then it's uh, alerting you and wanting you to tag uh, that image. And so it becomes uh, then like this combination of unsupervised learning and uh, supervised learning. So once it identifies uh, who you are, then you can tag it, and then that that label could become something that's used as a classifier, like, you know, an event, like if it was a sporting event you were at or, or something like that.
Other areas that I think that uh, convolution neural nets could be really useful for is uh, detecting flaws. So for example, I, I know that uh, there was a couple of YouTubes where they, they had the machine was um, looking at fruit and it was looking for bruised fruit or fruit that wasn't ripe or had some sort of defect. And then the uh, robot would uh, quickly remove that out of the uh, line. So it was the line was moving, or the conveyor belt was moving the fruit down the line. And then it was removing uh, debris and it was removing uh, fruit that was damaged very quickly, faster than any human could, could uh, do, do this task. And it was working all day and it was working because uh, had high uptime. That's one of the things about robots now is that they have high uptime. It's just they're they're so dependable. They're like, uh, since they are machines, uh, the, the machinery is more reliable. They have more uptime. And so the operation of it has uh, ma magnitudes of scale in terms of its capability to produce. And uh, other areas for object recognition I think that might be interesting would be um, to look at food, see if uh, you know there's any bacteria. Maybe you could have it even at a more of a telescopic level, and it could you know it could uh, be counting number of bacteria that's maybe on the food. So if there's E. coli or anything like that that's on the uh, food production, it could detect that. And uh, so it would be faster scans. Another area that's been used, uh, image recognition, is sorting. So sorting of boxes as they come down the assembly line. Uh, mail sorting, uh, do optical recognition, addresses, and it's all been going running through fast uh, uh, recognition networks. Uh, and, uh, you know, we can, you can also do measurements. So recognizing objects, doing measurements, and uh, using those measurements for the purpose of doing work. So again, the, neur the neural net provides, uh, provides usefulness. So I think that uh, realistically that you need to have a bounded box, you need to have a multiple label, and the classifications need to be highly accurate because if if the objects it, um, if it misclassifies an object, then you'll think that you have a junk network. Even even the claim with ResNet where it could recognize as a 50 layer network, it could recognize a million. It was trained on a million objects. It had a thousand categories that it could could recognize, even though it has that many weights and it can. Uh, and it can recognize objects. If it were to incorrectly recognize an object and that and the impact on that was negative, um, it could be viewed as junk and uh, not trustworthy. So that's gonna be the challenges that the networks are gonna have to be extremely accurate and they uh, cannot misclassify and, uh, and then they will be considered reliable. So one of the other aspects to the convolution neural net is um, setting up multiple layers. Uh, 
So in doing that setup in powers of two, you can, you can uh, go 32, 64, 128, and uh, then you flatten, uh, add a flattened layer, and then you do your dense uh, output with the number being equal to the number of categories that you have. And uh, your categories are um, hot encoded. And what, the way um, I did this was you, could, you can get a, a, a directory with the files and put them in uh, with the category in the file name. And then if it uh, has it, uh, you could encode that to a column in the in array, and uh, so your hot encoding is each column is a category feature, and so if it's that category, you put a one in it, and uh, you stack the rows into a, a a data frame, and then when you do your fit, you can um, you can fit the training data and the um, hot encoding and then you do the same thing when you load the um, image in from another uh, test or directory and uh, and you feed that into your um, structure you have to reshape once you get your image uh, you look you can resize image to a certain size uh, let's say 300 pixels by 300 pixels and then that becomes the input parameter. So you would do uh, image size, comma image size, and then the number of channels. One for grayscale and three for RGB. And that then uh, you feed that into, you can evaluate the network and find out what the accuracy is. And then you can also uh, evaluate it and that will tell you what your accuracy is. And you could predict by feeding in your test uh, images. If you want to go to grayscale, there is a pil.convert function that you can use. And uh, one thing that I noticed is if you have an object and you train it on that specific object shape, let's say you have an apple and an orange, it can distinguish between apple and orange. But if you go to grayscale, it has more of a difficult time uh, di distinguishing between what an apple and orange is. Uh, it is able to distinguish between a banana. And um, so this is uh, a problem I saw even with Apple's machine learning is that it could uh, identify from certain angles the objects, but then at other angles it, it became confused what the object was. So I've been thinking one possible way to deal with convolution neural nets is to use morphing. So uh, take an object, 2D object, convert it into a 3D object, and then train the convolution neural net on uh, 360-degree rotations, uh, both on phi and theta. And so you kind of move the camera around the object, looking at that object from a spherical standpoint where you're mo modifying phi and theta. 
and uh, taking uh, numerous images. Put that into your training set and then feed that into the convolution neural net. And I think that that will produce a better result. I'll have to um, try that out. But uh, I was a little bit disappointed that the convolution neural net had such a difficult time getting, making the predictions correct for an apple, orange, and banana. So you might want to try that and see if you can get better results and then contact me.